Hey, could you turn that down? Never! What up, what up, what up, y'all? I am your host, Young Smooth, and you are listening to another episode of Kicking It With Young Smooth, the podcast where we take a deep dive into, well, I don't know how deep it is, but we definitely take a a good listen into some of my favorite albums. We go over some wretched and ridiculousness, and we do our favorite kick that lyric. Don't forget you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, and also the YouTube page, which is Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. In addition, that's where some of the interviews will be. So I know you guys have been missing interviews on here, but due to the whole coronavirus situation, I think that we probably should be doing it like this for a little while now. Um, but it's going to be dope. Um, I did my, sing- my interview with Singleton. Um, the interview with Doc didn't go as well. Um, a couple of connection issues. So I think we're going to probably redo that and then try to do that on Instagram live to, um, really 
get the point across about the the brand because that that is one thing that I am I'm looking for. I have been lagging just a little bit, just uh, trying to get back into um, knowing my body, and uh, it's been a little janky, but I'm gonna get there. We gonna get there. Um, so the kick that lyric from last week. Have you guys gotten it? If you haven't, it was one of the ones that was a little bit crazy. It was definitely from an amazing group, which was the Fugees. And it was one of my favorite songs. It was called Cowboys. Um, we had talked about this on the late night edition with me and Cool Tone. And one of his favorite female rappers is um, Rod Digger. And... Digger and Lauren in this song go back and forth and because their their tones are so similar you just you really kind of can't tell who's who so one of my favorite songs um we may be doing a giveaway soon so let's look out for that and figure out how we can get that popping number one I know y'all always hear that squeaking that chair in the background I cannot wait. Once I reach this room, you will not hear that chair anymore. I promise you. Because that's just, it's just so much. It, it, it aggravates my soul. Trust me. All right. So this particular, um, kick that lyric is one that I've done before, but it's the, uh, second verse to it. So I think that you will remember it quite fondly. Um, it is one of my favorite, one of my other favorite songs. I know I'd say that all the time. Oh, this is my favorite song. I have many, many, many favorite songs. I'm a music connoisseur. This, uh, CD book, there are two huge CD books in this room. And when I mean huge, I mean they are large. Um, just full, 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 full of music. Some of it, uh, of which, um, I think can withstand the test of time. Some of it just, it just can't. <laughs> there, there are, some, there are some things in there. I was like, why did I buy this again? And then some of it just came because that BMG music. So it just kind of is what it is. Um, so let us get into it as we recite. This classic hip-hop soliloquy in the King's English. <clears throat> Clear my throat. <clears> throat. Remember when you said you would die for me? Shit. All of that was just lies to me. Motherfucker should have never said bye to me. Now you cry for me. Like Jodeci. It's like that, y'all. My nigga hit another bitch from the back, y'all. Black, nasty, and mad fat, y'all. Should have seen the hoe. Nigga, pack your shit. Chew out the door. Oh. What about the fight in the mirage? I seen your bins parked outside my sister's garage. Said it was your friend, Raj Bullshit. I ain't gonna keep putting up with the bullshit. And I never sweat these bitches. You hang like plaques on the wall and the pitches. Scale is vicious. My love is concrete. Stashing your heat in the passenger seat of the Nautica Jeep. We've been down for so long. Still a bitch like me trying to hold on. Teary-eyed. Damn a bitch scheming. Girls steady screaming. You need to leave him. When I testified in court, couldn't think straight, thinking about the bitches I fought. 
over you. You can have the shit you bought. Now, fuck you. Using this my last resort. You see, nine out of ten niggas ain't shit. One out of five niggas sucks a dick. You mad at me? Too bad she ain't bad as me. Should have kept the freak bitch off my canopy. Now you see, ain't no pussy warm as mine, long as mine. Ain't no loving strong as this. When I sucked your dick, it's like smoking a roach. Uh, I went from first class to coach. Two very iconic, 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 iconic rappers. Um, this song did not get any type of airplay. Let's be very, 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 very clear about that. Um, just probably more so due to the lyrical content of the, uh, of, of the song. Um, it is part of one of the final projects of said artist. Um, so giving you clues that it is definitely an artist that has passed. Um, and, it it just it's it's the best duet ever. <laughs> like I don't think I I could think of a better duet at this particular point in time. It is one of the best. Uh, but check it out. Get at me uh, next week. Uh, you can hit me on Instagram at the Kicking Over Young Smooth or Kicking Over Young Smooth Pod. Um, you can hit me with uh, on Facebook that way or Twitter, and we can go over it. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me know y'all thoughts. Um, I need to figure out a way uh, to get you guys more, a little bit more engaged in that, but it's going to happen. It's going to work out. I, I love the fact that y'all are listening. Um, I know that we're moving out of quarantine and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment that I like to call ratchet and ridiculousness. Um, this week, this week, this week, this week, this week, a lot of heavy and then not so heavy stuff. So I'm going to get through this rather rather quickly. Um, so first and foremost, Dave Chappelle rips Candace Owens anti-blackness um, and can't think of a worse way to make money in his new stand-up. I won't, I won't even call it a stand-up for real. Um, in his new situation, which is called... 846. Um, I did get a chance to watch it. I watched it on YouTube. Um, it was powerful. It was powerful. There were funny moments, but nothing about 846 was to me. I don't think that you could call it a stand up. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't funny in the terms of joke, 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 punchline or joke, punchline, joke, punchline, joke, punchline. It wasn't that. It definitely was Dave saying all the things that we need to say. And I think that uh, comics need to still be in that space. We cannot continuously be in what will be part of the next story. Cancel, cancel culture like that. Um, Dave, thank you. Dave Chappelle, thank you. Thank you for always having your ear on the pulse of what society is. Um, oh, okay. That was loud. Uh, damn it, Troy. I just thought about that. I meant to turn that down. Anyway, um, thank you for always having your your ear on the pulse of, of everything and just being very mindful of 
saying what you, you know, just saying what you want to say, saying the exact shit that, that, that is what comedy is. Comedy is, for me, it's always been about that. It's always been about comics saying what they wanted to say and saying the things that you are too afraid to say. So, I absolutely love and appreciate Dave Chappelle for that. I love the fact that this wasn't something super long. Um, everybody came out. It was an outdoor forum. Um, there was a lot of social distancing, um, in that program. So I, once again, 100%, um, I, I just, I really, I really don't know what else to say about it. I really think that that was just a masterpiece of work. Um, I think that, there you go, I just wanted to turn that volume down. Um, I think that Dave Chappelle is, is just a genius. Um, he, he gets it. Like, yo, there was one part when he was like, yo, really? Who the fuck wants to hear from celebrities at this point? I get it. Like, celebrities are, are people and at the same token, don't know what to say either. Like they really don't. They don't know. They don't know what to say. They don't know. Here's the and here's the main reason that they don't know what to say. They don't know what to say because, yo, we so quick to cancel our own. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that I have not rode the train of let me go ahead and cancel somebody. Now I'm I've been quick and very very quick. To go ahead and cancel R. Kelly. But my reasoning for that still stands. When you do things that are damaging to the black community in that way. And it is still prevalent and relevant to today. And it's it's prevalent and relevant to the point where what I can do. And my voice and my opinion can affect your pocket like that. I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying to you. Um, and I think that's part of what cancel culture is. It's like, oh, well, we don't like this no more. Let me go ahead and make sure we can affect you. I think it's about affecting and doing the, the affection of it now. Um, my reasoning for the Bill Cosby situation and I feel indifferent about Bill Cosby is just based on the, on the fact that it's like, it has been so long. Now, I'm not saying that the victims, I want to be very clear that the victims are not victims, but I don't feel as though me not watching the Cosby show at this particular point, and, and trust me, it's not like I go out and watch the Cosby show every day. That shit ain't that ain't happening. But me not watching the Cosby show at this particular point is not going to cause a real change because the coin already spent, it's already done, it's already gone. I realized that not supporting R. Kelly, not giving him the streams, not um going to concerts and all that stuff that hurt his pockets in the initial you know what I'm saying you um and, and that's what I think cancel culture should be about if you're going to cancel them and you're canceling for the right reason then on top of that moving forward <clears throat> into the next story um because I'm actually since I'm going there I'm gonna go here first uh just hilarious just hilarious talks cancel culture and dealing with social media backlash let me tell you something. I love this girl. I do. I think that she is amazing. I think that she is the new wave of the comedic outlet. I think that she has not let her grind stop. She um, 
created like a little Instagram show with her son and I love it. I think this shit is fucking funny. First of all, third episode has Chris on there, her ex-boyfriend. So that shit is already funny. Um, and I love the idea and where it's going and the fact that that girl keeps grinding and continues to make content. She is in the, excuse me, came from that damn pasta. Anyway, um, she is in that grind of, yo, this is what's happening right now. Stand up has completely come to a standstill other than Dave Chappelle at this particular point. And like we said, that wasn't even stand up. That was, that was a testimony. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was, that was preaching to the choir at this particular point. Like that, that was something big and epic. That wasn't just a stand up special. Um, stand up has completely, is going to be completely changed as we go through the pandemic and everything else that that's going on. And it's funny because the OGs in the game and OGs in a lot of game always talk about the younger ones coming up. But the reality is the young people like Dave Chappelle said, salute to y'all. He is okay with allowing you to go ahead and drive in that car because he is comfortable in the backseat at this particular point. Um, but Jess is doing that though. Like, I, I, I see her, and this doesn't have anything to do with the cancel culture because I know I kind of ran off topic, but, um, I see what she's doing and I think it's great. I think that she gets the opportunity to, to really showcase what a quote unquote, and I got air quotes, quote unquote, um, stand-up comedian, you know, um, and a comedian of the Instagram age, what they can do at this particular point. That's dope. That's dope. Like, yo, she's still, like, right now, just going to her page, I went to her page yesterday, she's at 4.9 million views. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's eyes, attention, all that. But Jess brought up a couple of really, really good points. And one of them being, yo, cancel culture. If we cancel every fucking body that says something or does something we don't like, we ain't going to have nobody else left to like. Bottom line, like that is a complete fact. We not going to have nobody else to like if we continue to go through this whole cancel culture. Um, yes, everybody makes mistakes. Yes. Everybody is going to do or say something that is not of the the norm or whatever. Um, and I forgot who it was that said it, but they, they raised the... Oh, it was Roxanne Shantae. I was listening to the Sirius XM radio. Um, it's not about what you say. Sometimes it's about how you say it. And in this climate, we do have to take into consideration of other people's feelings. And you have to, you know, be slightly emotionally invested, which is true. However, sometimes people just have to, this is my opinion, sometimes people just have to tough it up and, 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 get, and, and get a tougher skin about the situation. I honestly wholeheartedly believe that. Um, I think that we... Comedy is the medicine. You know what I'm saying? It's the medicine that we need. We need to laugh at some of the situations and be like, you know, it's 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 time to to move past and it's time for some of the healing. However, you 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 can't um comics which 
this is what we like to call comedic timing, have a great way and great sense of doing it. Like Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle did not go out there and make 846 and then turn it into a whole joke. Like that would have been so detrimental. Like he turned this into a real speech. Like this is what's going on. Why don't y'all see this? You know what I'm saying? And directed it at like certain people such as Candace Owens. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Dave Chappelle says what we all think. And that's every comedian's thing. And um, back to the cancel culture. I, I guess it was in regards to, so she quotes, I see that T Grizzly and Queen Naja have a song together that they have created for the Black Lives Matter movement, just said. But when you look in the comments, all you see is comments about ain't she a colorist and negative and negativity like that. But who cares? I thought the point was to support the movement. Facts, Jess. Kudos to you, Jess. You're right. Um, I had a I had a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about people selling Black Lives Matter T-shirts. Um, here's the thing. Every company, in any moment, in any part of history, people are, we are a capitalistic society. I don't think that is always right, but it is what it is. People are going to find a way to make money. You feel what I'm saying to you? Number one. Number two, um, we did the same shit when 9-11 happened. They sold all type of t-shirts and bandanas and, and all type of stuff. And with Black Lives Matter, I think that as long as you are, if you're making money off of making the t-shirts, which is fine, but you also send some of your proceeds to the Black Lives Matter Foundation, all, all worth it. All for it. If you don't, you a fuck nigga. I said it. Excuse me. And that means that you need to, you need to, you need to kick rocks. You know what I'm saying? You need to kick rocks. Um, but, just like with music, like she was right. She said something in that live. Um, she was like, yo, this is the time for the younger generation to have songs that mean something and that impact it. Like we need, uh, me and Tone talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but like we need that what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Because like, for instance, we had it with Marvin Gaye and then when we fast forward to 9-11 we had it with all all of the um entertainers we need a you know a what's going on anthem we need something new something powerful let's not just sit back and talk about that y'all creating the future and you doing everything else and fuck the OGs and all of this shit but you're not really creating the change that you want to see because if you're not creating the change that you want to see at that particular point you just talking and you just got lips just to talk and nobody has nobody has time for that um, I wanted to also go into, as we move forward in Ratchet and Ridiculous, um, I, I live in Maryland. I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I live in Baltimore County. Um, and I am confused. I am confused. <sighs> Maryland to allow indoor dining starting Friday, which I think was the last Friday because this is now Monday at this point. Um, gyms and malls can reopen next week. Schools will also be allowed to reopen for limited summer in, in, um, instructions. 
During a Wednesday press conference, Governor Larry Hogan said restaurants can resume indoor dining at 50% capacity. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, customers will be required to wear masks at, at as much as possible. No more than six people can be at a table unless they live together and self-service options like buffets and salad bars must remain closed. Outdoor amusement parks and rides, including mini golf and go-kart tracks, can reopen. Outdoor pools will be able to increase their capacity at 50%. I'm going to talk about that in a second because I have many, many thoughts about that as well, especially being in property management. Um, indoor gyms, casinos, arcades, and malls will be able to reopen safely on June 19th. State Superintendent of Maryland Schools, Karen Salmon, also announced Wednesday that state schools can bring in small groups of students and staff for summer school. There can only be 10 to 15 people together at a time. Again, mm. Salmon says students with the most intense learning needs are the ones that have been hit the hardest by the pandemic and without any intense focus on these students, they could be among the last to recover. Children's centers can also open with a maximum of 15 people per class. Governor Hogan says schools can hold outdoor graduation ceremonies as long as they're following social distance guidelines. Despite the changes, Governor Hogan wants Marylanders to not feel pressure to go out to eat to malls or to gyms if they don't feel comfortable. Hogan said he himself does not feel comfortable dining out, cite his age and status as a cancer survivor as putting him at high risk. Okay. Let's talk. Real quick. Couple things in that whole situation. Shout out to 90GQ for that because I needed that. Um... If your own governor don't feel comfortable, I mean, and despite the fact that, yes, he is um, a, uh, a um, um, he, he has health risk. Um, I don't even feel comfortable and I don't have the same health risk like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that at all. Like, I don't, I don't have any of that and I don't feel comfortable. Um, let me start with one of my main thoughts that just that, that came into my head immediately after reading this. So the whole situation of the outdoor pools opening at a 50% capacity. Let me be clear. That is fine, especially if you're in, and I know the summertime is here. I know it's hot outside. I know we want to be outside, all of that good stuff. I am in property management as well. So that is something else that I do, of course, besides podcasting and, you know, all of the many other things that I do. Um, but I want people to understand that a lot of property managements are not, um, opening up the pools this year for the particular reason of we are not trying to get sued because the second that you get sick, it's not about, oh, I got sick and 
it's it's just nobody's you know it's nobody's fault like if you get sick and you go to a public pool you sue the state if you get sick and you go to the pool that's at your complex you sue the complex so who in in their right mind as a complex now i'm not saying that 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 may or may not change you know what i'm saying to you we may have to do a rush job and get shit shit ready i don't know i really kind of don't know where we are I know that my property is at the point of doing it towards the 50% and, you know, setting appointments only, but it is, it is nerve wracking to continuously hear or oh, when the pool won't open up. Here's, here's the thing. And I know a lot of y'all are sitting here, but we pay for it. Not in my property. If you don't pay an amenity fee for what you are using as far as the mini, the amenities are concerned, no. You're not paying for it. What you are paying for is the apartment home in which you live in. For us, it also includes, and I'm just I'm just bragging on it at this point because I still love this part. It includes an attached car garage. It includes it includes granite countertops, stainless steel appliances, subway top backsplash, 42 inch cabinetries, marvelous, all of that, all of the great things. Those are the things that you are paying for, and that is why, and the location and where it is located, that is why your rent is so exponentially high it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you're at, you're paying for the amenities the amenities are taken away from that rent yes but that's not that's not you paying for that see you paying for it is where i've worked at some properties where they have had a your rent may be lower but you have an additional 500 dollars amenity fee that you get every time you renew every time you renew so Real quick, let's be very clear. That is what that is. <laughs> okay. On a whole nother end, that is what that is. You are not paying for the amenity. You know, I think it is very great. Um, I, I think it's great that people take pride in their homes and definitely wanted to, you know, use everything up. I get that. The pool is not that amenity. Um, I get that we have cabin fever I have it myself I miss my friends I miss my family um you know I have been essential quote unquote throughout this whole thing between um doing my regular job of property management so making sure uh it became a, a quote unquote essential thing because it was like you need to be there for the people this that and the third Granted, that is a lot, and it, it has taken me over the edge. And I hope that when we get more acclimated into this, that it it will slow down. But it has been it's been a lot. It has really, really, honestly been a lot. Um, then, in addition to that, the um, door dashing has also made it "quote unquote" essential. So I've done all of those things. I have been blessed to be able to go outside and feel the air and feel the breeze and continue to move. So, yes, in that sense, I have had those luxuries of being able to kind of move outside, feel the breeze, all of that stuff. And I haven't been just completely confined and trapped down into my home. Um, so I get where we're getting the whole cabin fever. However... I will say this, if we do not, one, if we don't get a vaccination for this, um, 
because there's no money in the cure at this point. Like this is not this is not AIDS. This is this is completely different. People are dying at an alarming rate, an alarming rate. Like yo, we are by next Friday, which will be the 19th of of June, will be 50 percent open to all of those things you know with the whole social social distancing situation and then right now the friday to pass dining is now um indoor and outdoor okay here is the thing i looked at cnn yet again today i need to stop watching this shit because it's actually it's 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 scaring me it's making me anxious i'm getting a whole lot a whole lot of kind of going on um but one of the things that I noticed was all of the southern states that have opened to full capacity, all of the southern states that have opened to full capacity have had surges in the influx of either deaths or cases. So that has happened yet again. We are, Maryland is more of a, northern southern state because we split the Mason-Dixon line that is bound to happen to us I've already technically lost someone that I knew and loved you know what I'm saying to you but I it, it she wasn't family but living in the same apartment building it felt like family for quite a while um because of this disease I don't think that this is a game but I also don't think that we're ready for this you know what I mean I think that um we're just we're not ready we just not ready you know what I'm saying to you like I don't want to do I've not done anything that's been recreational fun at this particular point like I've not been around anybody who hasn't been family and even then there's some family uh people that I just can't be around at this point because like yo they have Problems. They have illnesses that are well past and well before, oh, sorry, well before, you know, COVID-19 came out. And I don't want to, because I have to move around, you know, just to make a living, I don't want to expose them to that. You know what I mean? Like, personally, I've been fine. My stress levels have been a little bit higher. I think my blood pressure has been a little bit higher. And these are things that I need to go and, you know, recheck and, and get calibrated on. I've been fine in that sense. However, that doesn't mean that I couldn't be a host. I couldn't, I'm not a host. I couldn't be a carrier of any of that, you know, and be asymptomatic and not know it. Um, we still haven't really, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really know about too many testing sites. To be honest, like they're testing, yes. And I see that, but it's like, how do you know when to go get tested? Like, if I feel exactly the same way I felt before I got into, before we got into this, how do I know to get tested? You know what I'm saying to you? Like, it's just weird. It's just, it's the whole thing is really weird between, um, 2020 is, is, is coming to just this massive clusterfuck of shit. So, who knows? I really don't know. But what I do know is that we are, I think that we are rushing it. Um, I think that we need to see cases go down. I think that if we do not, if we continue to go to this whole 50% situation, which is fine. Everybody want to go there? That's cool. Be, but be prepared. Be prepared. I feel like Scar and the Lion King. Be prepared 
because y'all, we will be right back in this shit. Come to winter time, cold and flu season. We'll be right back around the corner. Right back around the corner. I guarantee you, by the time September hits, if we start seeing more inflections and more hospitalizations and so on and so forth, every sub yo, they literally put red, like red lines against all the southern states that reopened and a influx and insurge of all the people that got hospitalized, all the cases that they're finding again, because all of those things happen because we not ready. We just not ready. Okay. So all of that was the heavy, heavy, you know what I'm saying? You, <laughs> sorry, I was about to break out just a Drew girl should be like, heavy, heavy. Sorry, my bad. Um, so let's go into a little bit more ratchet and ridiculousness and then we can get into the album and we're going to talk about some things and we're going to do some things. I'm going to, um, we're going to get into it. We definitely going to get into it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Onika. Onika, Onika, I, I swear, I promise y'all, I really did not realize that this show and the Kickstand podcast prior to this has been, I feel like it has just been dedicated to this, but this girl, when when you stay on top, you ain't got to get on top, I'm just saying, um, but controversy follows and it continues to follow this girl, however, um, it's a couple of things that we got to go through with this new song with Takashi 69 and Nicki Minaj is called Trolls. First and foremost, Nick, you look amazing. Titties is on bananas. Okay. What is going on? <laughs> okay. The ass thing was one thing, but the titties is ridiculous. I know you used to love boobs and sign boobs and all that shit. But the, the, the star pasties on the titties is ridiculous. And I think a lot of people would have the same thought that... Uh, I think that Kenneth is very secure. Because I don't know too many men that would be completely okay. Like, she's done pasties before. And I, I, I ain't saying that it's a bad thing. But it's just like... And yes, that was the Nicki Minaj that, you know... We've grown to love. So, I get it. But I don't know as a husband. And as... You know what I'm saying? If I would be very comfortable with my wife just... Titties out. Just completely like this. I'm like... But it was be- it was beautiful. Let's be clear. It was definitely beautiful. Nikki. 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 You're killing them. Um, now, let's get into the song. Okay. Before I get into what she also talked about on a live with 6ix9ine as well. Um, so they dropped a new single called Trolls. I'm going to tell y'all that an unpopular opinion. I kind of like it. <laughs> I kind of like it just a little bit. And I like it all the way around. I'm not just talking, oh, I just like Nikki verse. Not to say Nikki's verse, number one, Nikki's verse is the vast majority of the song, okay? 
because 6 9 only really had this one part where he's kind of really doing a hook primarily um, and then he does um, comes into this like light rap for a minute where he was like I know you don't like me you want you know what I'm saying so he does that and then he goes hi hater bye hater like I actually to be honest with you unpopular opinion I actually like that I actually do I, I like that because if you stripped away everything else that was going on with Takashi 69 all of the bullshit all of the stop snitching all of the snitching shit and all of that which I'm gonna get into that because again unpopular opinions and I'm gonna get dragged for it but it's fine um if you really stripped it away and listen to the boy music, it's actually not that bad. You feel what I'm saying? Because we all, people get so up in arms about they shit, and they so stuck into this, I'm not going to fuck with no snitch to it. Okay. We're going to get there. We're going to put that aside. Stop, stop for a second. We're going to put it in the back burner. I'm going to get there. However, musically, I'm not mad at it, because it's something different. I'm not hearing, I'm not getting the, the, the Drake vibe from it. Um, not a bad thing, just saying, like, not not that that kind of smooth caliber from it. I'm getting a hypeness that you just, you know, you you kind of not getting from a lot of hip-hop artists. I'm not getting that that, that drowsy, drainy situation all the time. Um, and a lot of his songs, I, I like when he yell like that. I do. I think vocally, he probably don't want to do that too much, but I really do enjoy that hypeness. Like, I don't think that we get that a lot from hip-hop. I think we get a lot of the monotone kind of situation. We got a lot of the mumble rap, or we get lyricists that just spit bars. Nothing wrong with any of it. Maybe the mumble rap thing, but <laughs> nothing really wrong with too much of any of it, but I like that it's something new. It's something else to look at. I'm not really big on the colorful hair thing. I think that's just weird. But again, to each his own. Not my ministry. Not what I do. So, who am I to judge? Um, but let's go into Onika. Onika. Nick. St. Nicholas. What? What is... What is... This is awesome. You, look, you looked good. You looked amazing. And you did... What you came to do. Please let us refer to the fact that don't come for the queen. Like that bitch said in in, in this particular song, she tired of these niggas is trolling her. She about to troll you. She done already, first of all, she done went on Lisa Ray, she done got on Lisa Ray neck from the start. The motherfucker intros the shit with dollar dollar bill come get her. Even your man know Nikki's do it better. I was like, yes. I was like, I used to hate that shit because I used to think it was just that's just so lazy. Like, bitch, there are bars in between this. What are we doing? Why are there no bars? Hm, nope, she had to prove a point. So basically, what that meant was, um, she was like, yo. Lisa Ray, remember your man that was from Turks and Caicos who also decided that he wanted to fuck Nicole Murphy and wants you, want you to know that Nikki's doing better. <laughs> Real quick, bitch, here you go. Just starting off a verse all, already like that. Um, 
she talked about haters always on my page, never double tap, like me, Betty's to my left, Betty's to my right, um, never chase a corny nigga, put that on my life, just put it in his face, all this cake you want to taste, um, we sipping on ace itty bitty waist, the itty bitty waist part in reference. So I love the fact that she referenced some of her some of her other songs, um, like itty bitty piggy, um, yeah, eat it cookie monster. Oh, he is slave to this pussy. Call him, call me monster. Um, so like, no, I'm sorry. He is slave to this pussy. Call me master. Um, but monster you know referencing that um and then some of you hoes just need to keep quiet cause she cause she go for you again she come for the jugular she says somebody ushered this nigga into a clinic my flow so sick I'm sorry my flow still sick I ain't talking the pandemic I, I write my well, let's just start there Let, let's stop before I go into the rest first of all <laughs> first of all And, and, and here's the thing. In that moment in the song, the beat drops. So she intentionally... Well, let me just... Let me take a step. Hold on a minute. Mm. In that moment, she intentionally wanted you to understand the understanding of understanding of what it is. She said, somebody ushered this nigga into a clinic. My flow's still sick ain't talking a pandemic. I just had to let that pause and rock right there. This references Usher stating that Nikki is a product of Little Kim um, and how Nikki did not like that. So, therefore, there you go. Um, and then she talks about how she writes her own lyrics. She also takes shots at Meek Mill, uh, talking about he always needs a stamp of approval, so on and so forth. I actually, I had to sit back and think about that Meek Mill part. Like, does he need a stamp of approval? Oh, God. I'm, uh, the hip-hop community going to drag me again for this. I almost have to say yes. I almost have to say yes. And the reason why I had to say yes to that is think about it like this. Um, before Meek really blew up like that, of course, he was on MGM, um, and he was on, um, well, sorry, no, before he really blew up like that, he was on Maybach Music, I'm sorry, um, so, you know, that was your co-sign from Rick Ross, which is fine, nothing wrong with that, um, then the him and Drake situation was kind of a, a little cosign because now now it's all good. Um, you know, when he was in jail, Jay and Beyonce reached out. So it's like, you know, just a little bit. I ain't saying that people can't love Meek. I ain't saying Meek wasn't in the right. What, well, sorry, wasn't um, kind of deserving or needing some of that attention. You know what I'm saying to you? But I kind of get Nikki's point where it's like, oh, you always need to stand. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't, you ain't standing alone. You always need to stand. Now, one would defer to, well, Nikki, didn't you also need a stamp of approval when you first got into? Yeah, but me, 
is well within his career now. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I'm like treading over top of this because I feel like somewhere in my career, y'all gonna come back and try to cancel me too. So, <laughs> but you can't cancel the king when the king doing what the king want to do. You feel me? Um, that is, yeah, but kudos to, to Nikki. Now, real quick, before we get into the other portion of Ratchet and Ridiculous and wrap this up so we can get into the album that is the album of all albums. Um, Nikki did say something about snitch culture and all of that, and she is right. I don't live a street life. 90% of y'all that's probably listening to this don't really live that street life either. For real, for real. Because if you live a street life, you ain't got time to listen to this shit no way. Um, but street dudes can feel how they want to feel about the whole 6 9 snitching situation, and they should because they live by a different code. That is 100% correct. I do honestly believe that. Um, I think that Nikki does raise a valid point. Yo, this is the music business. It is the business. And I think the bigger part of the word, despite the fact that music for me should, it should be music first. It really should be. Um, cause we were missing out on so many great dope artists that really cater to the music part of it first. Music is the, is the last, is the first part of that word, but business is the main, the main part of that word. You feel what I'm saying to you? So when it comes down to it, it is about, business. Nikki know what she doing. Why would you not deal with the most controversial rapper? First of all, y'all can say you can love it or hate it all you want to for all of the love and for all of the hate that was on there. When Takashi got out of jail, two million of y'all motherfuckers, and I didn't see it until after the fact, but two million of y'all motherfuckers was on his live. Y'all, we getting the same type of numbers for verses, but two million of y'all. So that controversy sells. Whether he's actually selling music, whether his music is actually good, defeats the purpose. If he got your attention for whatever reason, hmm, he is doing what? The business part of the music. And unfortunately, it just is what it is. Now, again, street niggas gonna feel the way it is. You throwing up all of this blood and da 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 and all of this and you ain't you ain't repping you violating and this and third yes street niggas are going to violate you yes that is code of the street 100% I know that you know what I'm saying to you it is what it is um but you just you, you gotta um you gotta kind of respect it you know what I'm saying to you I kind of respect the hustle so trolls not mad at I think that it will also be one of the this is another thing that is kind of happening with Nikki, and I love you. This is not a shade thing, but it's going to be one of those things where this is a song that that too will go, will come and go. <laughs> Just like Say So. Like, Say So, the remix was like, oh, this is great. You know, we got four black women at number one on, bill on Billboard. And, you know, that's awesome. But it too shall pass. So, there's that. Um, so right now, let's move into a little bit more on the Ratchet and Ridiculous side. Um, where are we? Uh, before I get into this album, okay, I must shout out the utter, utter creativity of, um, 
insecure and insecure just being a phenomenal show like the show itself is just created well written well um it it speaks to us in our 30s like i remember um i remember sex in the city um, just using it as an HBO show that, that kind of resonates with this just a little bit. I remember Sex in the City and I remember, um, getting invested because I loved writing. You know what I'm saying? So I still do. And, um, I love the fact that Carrie was a writer and just kind of getting into that character in general. And I remember being so adamantly pumped, um, Every every week when this came out in the summer and was like, yes, this is such a great show. Just that and third, um, and Insecure is doing the same thing for me. And if if anybody notices one of the parallels, just out of sheer coincidence, um, Sex and the City also had to take a hiatus during the nine eleven. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, not yeah during the nine eleven situation, and that changed New York kind of forever. And then. Um, Insecure actually took a year hiatus that didn't deal with this pandemic, but now is going to have to focus and regroup that energy. So it shows to the resilience of what HBO does. Um, and we'll see. We'll see because we are clearly out of season four right now as of yesterday. And we are going to be in the season five, which is going to be fucking amazing if it's written well and if we can do it at all to begin with because... Yeah, pandemic. Um, but let me give you a, I'm going to give you just a quick recap in my thoughts. Uh, first of all, Molly. <sighs> Molly, you in danger, girl. Uh, I, I can't help but do that. I can't help but do that every time. Um, I loved Molly's character this season. Um, even despite some of the things that she has gone through. I was very happy that Molly is finding her voice. Molly is able to um, go back to therapy and um, is trying to figure out some of the things that are wrong with her. I think that as a strong woman, a strong black woman, that she's losing herself in a lot of the things that um, are kind of coming up in her way. I think that she is not creating the boundaries correctly um, because... It's one thing to create the boundaries, but it's a whole other thing to create them and not say what they are. Hmm, are you speaking to yourself? You might be. Um, <laughs> it's one thing to create those boundaries, but not and and not say what they are um, with friends, family, whomever. Um, relationships are hard, and her and Andrew really fought for this, and it had to it had to come to an end. Um, all spoilers if you haven't watched the episode, but it, it, um, it's, it's a great, it's a great season finale. It definitely ended on a different note. It ended on a note that we need a season five, which is happening, hopefully. Um, Molly at, well, Andrew asked Molly the most important, the most important question before a breakup in general. And that question went as followed. What are you fighting for? I pause on that because that is one of the toughest, toughest questions ever. 
what are you fighting for? Like, and, and then we get to a point where we're begging for, for people to love us or people to be in our presence. And sometimes it's just not worth it. Like sometimes some things do just run their courses. Um, and, you know, and, and towards the end of the episode, you do see Molly and Issa really kind of rekindle and sit back and talk about it because some things have happened. Some thing things have happened. Okay. So, period. Um, what I also enjoyed about, the, and I'm going to get into that whole some thing things have happened situation in a second. Um, what I have also enjoyed about this season uh, was the dynamic between Nate and Issa. Um, I like the fact that Issa is very, very, very vocal in saying, hey, look, check this out real quick. Love you dearly. Love you down. However, I got my man. You know what I'm saying? I got what I wanted. You know, um, I we worked on this relationship for so long and I want to continue to work on it. And if you are uncomfortable, let me know now so we don't, we don't have to do this later. You know what I'm saying? That's growth. That's that grown up shit. That's that. That's that. You know, you might not like the delivery, but this is the delivery that I have. How can we work through this? Perfect. Love that. Um, very happy about that relationship. My theories, however, after this situation and the thing thing that happened, <laughs> my theories are Nate ain't gone. <laughs> Nate ain't far away. Let me be clear. Um, this episode, this season went from finding Latoya and then ending on the episode of finding Tiffany. I really, 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 really appreciate that. Uh, and I've watched people go through this and I didn't, re- I, as a grown ass man, I guess I can't really relate to this because I don't know it and I would never know it. Um, which is the postpartum situation. Um, I think that the way that Derek handled Tiffany is the way that men should handle their women. Um, the whole situation of them looking for Tiffany, th- those are friends. Those are friends. That is the ride or die friend. Um, postpartum depression does not, I, from what I'm hearing, does not look like just regular depression. Um, and it comes definitely, you know, after having a baby. Um, but it also still shares a lot of the, the similarities of what depression looks like. Um, so Insecure handled this delicately. It handled it. It handled it in a real kind of way. Shout out to Amanda Seals for that because, sis, the, the level of, of what I watched after the wind down and looking back at the episodes, like, yo, the strip down of it. Like, you could see the breakdown. Like, um... At the block party. You feel what I'm saying to you? Like, yo, once you got to the block party, um, and, you know, she didn't want to leave. And Derek had to go, you know, relieve the babysitter. All of those things. That's one of those moments where it's just like, yo, you're seeing the breakdown of it all. You know what I mean? Um, I think that you, we all get to a point where it's like, yo, we want our past life. To still merge with our future life. And sometimes they just not going they not gonna do it. It's just not gonna happen. You're not gonna get that that past me and that future me are not they're not meant to meet. They're not just like in any nerd shit situation, just like in any um sci-fi situation where where it's time travel, that past you is never supposed to meet that future you. 
Because if the past you meets the future you, all of a sudden everything will go off track. You know what I'm saying to you? So, and the past person would make a different decision and the future person would never, you know, may cease to exist because they made a different decision or because the future person came back for the past. Completely off topic, but this is what I'm thinking. I think that, you know, where you were and where you are are just in two different places. And with Tiffany now being a mother and all of her friends not being moms, it changes that dynamic. It changes everything for you. And um, it's something that I, I, I get. I, I get. I get. If I don't get it in the postpartum way of it all, I get the change. I definitely get change. I get changes from where friendships are. I get changes where, you know, within my marriage where it's like, yo, we not, are we grooving on the same path? One good thing about my marriage, I will say this, not one good thing, because there are many, but the laugh. If you can make me laugh, <laughs> if you can make me laugh through anything, you got me. You know what I'm saying? And I, like yesterday, we, we just had the, this funny situation that kind of happened with us and <laughs> there are times that I have to leave Maxine and be like, "Look, baby, you wrong. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's it's fine. It's okay. You can take the L." And and it's great to see like Issa and Lawrence with that uh that witty repartee. I was trying to say it and I couldn't say it. that that word almost didn't come out. But um that kind of banter is just is is awesome. But once again, shout out to Insecure for um that moment of friends really banding together and you getting to see that. And shout out to Insecure for just painting LA so good. I think where Sex and the City painted New York very well and made New York just the mecca of just looking amazing. Because I think, I, for me, one thing I like about New York, though, for real, I think that New York's grit and its nostalgia is just in no, it's embedded in them streets. You know what I'm saying? To you, like, just be... Sometimes the the look, the feel of it, it don't feel as bad as it seems. You know what I'm saying to you? That's just like, for instance, that's just like, um, that's just like Baltimore. People sit back and be like, oh, it's the white, it's the... Nah, I love my city. Like, yo, I love going up the street and going to Rice Town Road and going towards the plaza and Mondomin and shit and seeing the 12 o'clock boys out there in the summertime. Like, I live for that. Like, I think that's the best. That's my shit. I know it, 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 it. Damages property value, but however, that is my shit. I love it. Um, then moving forward, um, okay, this is where we're gonna get to, so this will lead into all of everything. Issa and Lawrence and Condola in this baby drop situation, and Lawrence is now having a baby with Condola. I will say, I have. We, me and my wife don't have any children, both equally. Um, I will say, and, and stay out of my dick and her vagina because we don't know when we're going to have kids. And if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. That's fine. Because y'all nosy. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is this. I've been that guy. I've been that guy. I have not said this and I don't think anybody else. Oh, I probably have said it and just, I don't know. I have been that guy in this situation where someone has told me that they were pregnant and it's mine. 
And I was like, so what we going to do? <laughs> it's funny now. It's horrible. It's tragic. Let's just say I was entirely too young to be having this conversation, period. Um, in addition to that, I was way too young for all the drama. Um, and like super young, like this, this, this is too much. Um, and then in addition, I would say that, um, what, what ended up happening? This is, (laughs) let me just say this. I can't believe I said this. The quote that I use is, I can't even fucking keep my room clean. How the fuck I'm going to take care of a baby? <laughs> I promise you, that's not, don't use that. Don't say that. That's not true. If you that young, that's how young I was. Let's be clear. That's how young I was. And that was, that was a huge mistake. Um, I actually kept that. I'm still, to this day, I've kept that very bottled up until now, apparently. Um, but I've been that guy. Like, I saw it in Lawrence's face where he's like, yo, this is not the time. What are we talking about? What do you mean? Like... And, and and as arrogant as that question may have seemed that was posed to Condola. Excuse me, let me take a drink. Uh, mm, as arrogant as that question may have seemed. Yo, is it my baby? That's a real ass question. And it's a real ass question to be asked. And I love the fact that Condola didn't snap or without them be like, I know who I'm fucking. Nah, it's a real ass question because number one, we thought we were safe. You know what I'm saying to you? Number two, despite we thought that we were safe, um, we also, I'm also now over here fucking Issa. So when, where, how did that happen? And that's when Issa has all of the questions. What, what you mean? Who, what? And I think that, um, shout out to Insecurity, cause Fran and Crystal, y'all got that shit on the money. Um, but I, I looked at it like, um, what would, I, I think that Issa looks at it at this point like, yo, in the, in the prior seasons, like when, when they officially broke up and they moved out of the apartment, she was like, yo, in that flashback, if we got back together, I could see me having his kids, this, that, and the third. What happens now when you're not going to be the first? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to be his first, quote unquote, mo- well, I'm not going to say baby mother, but mother of his child. You're not the first. You're not the second, and you push back. Secondly, Gondola, sweetness. Why are you having a baby with a man that you barely even know anymore because you're not in a relationship with him anymore? Why would you want to do that? Now, I do understand that from her originally having an abortion with her ex-husband, abortions take take a toll on the body too. Like... That's not something like, yo, she want, she does, she said she wanted to have kids. It might not be ideal at this particular moment, but, you know, she was like, abortion's not an option for her. And not only that, um, it might not be ideal. However, you know, if she went, think about it like this. If she went through it again to have an abortion, you feel me? 
then what? Like, what are her chances again of getting pregnant? You know what I mean? And we're also in a society right now where it's harder and harder for women to get pregnant. Um, so, you know, all of those things take precedent. And I, I get all of the, all three of the sides of this triangle. You know what I'm saying? So you, and I feel East, I felt so bad because it's like, yo, East is like, just when I thought I was getting out of this, out of the messy shit, just when I thought that the messy shit was ending, here the fuck we go. All the fuck over again. Now, I don't know if it's just me. <laughs> or did anybody else hear confessions in their head when they saw this moment? Because if you heard confessions in your head, then you are ready for what? Yes, the album. The album. Yes, let's go into it. Let's talk about it. The album that we are going to talk about today is Confessions. Okay, <laughs> is it coincidental? Yes. Was it the original album that I was going to talk about? Fuck no, it was not. I'm not going to lie to you. But there was no other way for me to smooth into this transition other than to be like, yo, that was my album. Not to mention the fact I got a chance to go see the Confessions tour when it came to Baltimore. And that was one of my biggest dates that I had with my wife because we went to we went to this tour. So we are going to get into... The Confessions album. But I'm going to tell you, that whole moment in there, I was like, yo, that moment. I I just literally heard, like, the intro of Confessions. I literally did. All right. Confessions is the fourth studio album by American singer Usher. It was released on March 23rd, 2004 by Arista Records. Recording sessions for the album took place during 2003 to 2004 with its production handled by his longtime collaborator Jermaine Tupri, along with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Little John, Little John, among others. Primarily an R&B album, Confessions showcases Usher as a crooner through a mixture of ballads and up-tempo uh, incorporating musical genres of dance, pop, hip-hop, and crunk. This album's themes generate conversations about Usher's personal relationships. However, the album's primary primary producer, Jermaine Dupri, claims the album reflects Dupri's own personal stories. Okay, so first let's get into that. This album I, that I have in my hand is an album cover. This, good God Almighty, this was a lot. This, this was this was a moment. This was the rebirth of Ursha. Okay, at the same time, which I may even do the Emancipation of Mimi next week. I don't know. I'm thinking about it because of the fact that both of those albums. Um, solidified both artists as just tops in in the field and in their genres. Um, let me let me be clear. This album just couldn't be no better. From beginning to fucking, I could listen to this right now. As a matter of fact, as I'm talking to you, I am literally hearing. Usher talk in my head with the confession situation on that on that first part. Um, so yes, confessions was not about Usher and Chili. 
because he was dating Chili at the time. I do remember that. Um, but it is definitely about uh, Jermaine Dupree. And hence, that is why everyone, every single person on Twitter last night was like, Yo, does this remind anybody else of confession? You having a baby by a woman that you barely even know? Died. Died. Died in my head. Um, so, I don't remember quite how this... Sorry, if y'all hear me flipping through it. Because I don't quite remember. I think I'm folding it wrong or whatever. I don't remember how this... Oh, okay. Here we go. It, it's weird. I don't remember how this album cover goes. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, you get the intro... And then, just for upbeat situation, you get yeah featuring Little John and Ludacris. One of the things that I do like about the album, I love the 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 color saturation of the the uh, the brownish colors and the greens and the blues. Um, and it and it it does seem deep and foreboding. Although this album just again pop wise gave you everything that you needed. So you got yeah, you got a whole dance kind of track. Then you get throwback and um oh yeah that's that was my shit you never miss a good thing till it leaves you oh yeah I had to read the words real quick to figure out what it is like yo this again is one of the dopest 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 albums so you get throwback oh I just I hear the whole I'm gonna be playing this after I finish then you get the confessions interlude okay so, mind you, this is Confessions Part 2. So, there was actually a Part 1 that was on the, the, the Deluxe Edition, which I didn't pull out. Um, but this is Confessions Part 2. But, because Confessions Part 1 starts, um, every time I was in L.A., I was with my ex-girlfriend. Every time you would call, I told you, baby, I'm working. No, but I was out doing my dirt. Didn't think about you getting hurt. Who <laughs> saying a hand in the Beverly Center like man, not giving a damn who sees me, so gone. So I'm not fucking with y'all. I'm not doing this with y'all. Shut up. I'm not doing this with y'all. I'm not. I refuse. Um, so, I love this album. I really do. I, I don't think I've gotten this hype on any of them other than this one. Um, so then you get to Confessions Part Two and um you know, just like the whole interlude and and that song just went together. And then it's like once you confess, it's like, yo, you got to let it burn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Insert joke here because I totally already know where I'm going with that. And I roasted Usher quite a, quite a bit. Then after Let It Burn, you get uh, caught up. Mm, 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 that was my shit. Hold on. Was Let It Burn? Wait, wait hold on. Wait, wait. So let me make sure it was burned. And Okay, yeah. Da, 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 da. And then it was caught out. I know I'm getting older because this motherfucker shit is dusty. Um, <laughs> so again, just a more of an up tempo kind of thing. Um, and then you get your interlude and you get superstar. Now, superstar, if I'm not mistaken, let me see, let me see, let me see. It was Andre Harris. I think this was the sample from. Luther Vandross, if I'm not mistaken, I think it is. Yeah. But anyway, Superstar was definitely good. Then you got Truth Hurts. 
you know, you telling the truth to the girl. But it's like all of these things that happen after you confess all of the stuff that you've gone through and you've done and you out here in these streets doing wrong, all of that shit. God damn it, Usher. This is your life story. This was every man's life story, apparently. Um, then you get the simple things. Then you want a bad girl. Um, oh, and this was my shit. This was my sh- Nigga. That's what it's made for. Yo, that's what it... I am listening to this right after I finish this. I'm going to be editing to this shit because I, I can't. I, I, need, I need it now. Um, but that's what it's made for. Ooh. Yes, he's talking about that was new pussy. That was when you was getting new pussy and you was like, fuck it, shit. All this shit over. I done fucked up anyway, so might as well go away and get me some new pussy. Um, ooh, and then can you handle it? Yes, can you handle it? If I go there, baby, with you. I'm not going, I'm not going there with y'all. Um, oh my god, then do it to me. Yes, this is the part of the album that got super sensual, super sexy, very quick. Um, and then you get take your hand and follow me um, as your last few songs. So, okay, this album personally meant so much to me just based on the fact that um, me and my wife were dating. This, so this is like 2004. We didn't get married until 2005. So this is like the year before. We met each other in 2002. Knew each other for about a year, two years, and then we got married. Um, how does that happen? Sometimes in life, you just marry your best friend. And that's what I think most people are, are looking for. I was around my wife every day. I mean, this person was down for me like four flat tires and... I can't thank her enough. I think, like, my wife has built me into being such a better man. I still got a whole lot of shit to work on, but I do realize that my wife has definitely built me into being a better man. Um, however, speaking of which, going into this this album, um, it was it was the soundtrack. Like, that was the soundtrack. Literally. Of the beginning of our relationship. And that I think that's that's probably why I'm not going to... I ain't going to hold y'all on it. I think next week I definitely am going to do The Emancipation of Mimi. Because of the fact that also was um, the soundtrack of our love story. So I think the next three weeks might be part of that. I don't know if I'm going to be that mushy. I don't know how I feel. However, this was... A classic banger. You had Jermaine Dupree. You had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, the production value on all of this was just so completely awesome. So, Usher, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for a complete album that spoke to every man in Every kind of way. Because if you wanted to get sexy on them, you could. If you wanted to confess and say, hey, look, baby girl, I fucked up. (laughs) This was the album that you played. And I believe in that moment, in that whole East and Lawrence moment, that moment literally, literally was confessions. I look, I've watched, it's Sunday. I've watched this episode three times already like I've watched each episode three times just to see if there's something I missed something I blinked on 
that I didn't like. For instance, when um the the mural of Kobe and um the overview of the 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 Nipsey mural on the basketball court came up. Like I actually I saw the Nipsey one, but I must have blinked and did miss the Kobe one. But so that's why I always go back and watch it. Plus I absolutely adore and love the show and I feel like it speaks to us. It speaks to black culture. Um also real quick before I go, before I wrap up, um they also had a Black Lives Matter situation in there and I really appreciate how delicately they handled handled it and how well they turned it into um, a quick comedic aspect of it all. So I love, shout out to Insecure for that. Um, but yeah, this album, one of the most amazing, iconic Usher albums. Other than the fact that I do like his album A, which is, again, it, that's a banger. It's just Usher bang. But this right here. Um, other than that and maybe 8701, I loved 8701. That was good too. But Confessions was the, okay, I'm seeing the grown, mature, sexy side of Usher. And this grown man talking about the sexy side of Usher. But um, <laughs> the sexier side of Usher, it, it, it gave more of an adult feel. Um, he wasn't a kid anymore. And he was going through some real things. You know what I'm saying? So, love this album so uh remember you know we'll, we'll be going back on some albums and and let me know what y'all think um definitely talk to me about these particular albums that we talked about let's get into discussion to kick that lyric all of that um before I go, of course, as always, fear. False evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. Um, I don't know which topic I want to tackle, but I think I'll... Let's stick in the confession situation. Um, be, be fearless with each other. You know what I'm saying to you? Be open and honest as, as possibly as you can be. And... um. I've watched someone say something about radical honesty. Shout out to Will on Will on a Whim. That's my new thing that I'm watching. Don't judge my life. Um, I, I do believe that people can be as open and honest as they possibly can. But I do think that you do need to keep pieces for yourself. Um, it's not about like, oh, just secrets or anything of that nature. But um, you, you do need to be open and honest. And I think that confessions is that fear it was it was a false evidence appearing real um where you evidently thought that you could get away with life being easy and simple but really you had to confess you had to you had to face that reality um so kudos to you usher kudos to insecure can't wait for a season five so excited thank you all so much for listening to the show um Again, thank you throughout the pandemic, which I've noticed completely. You guys have completely listened to the show, and this has had exponential numbers. And I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe we got something. Hopefully, it'll work. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. I, I can only get better from here. Um, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify. Don't forget about the YouTube page. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Um, and that is Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. Um, and I look forward to seeing y'all and listening, having y'all listen for another week. Now, y'all just listen to the show. <laughs> Don't you feel better about it? Yes, I am going to end up with show. I feel like you should feel better. All right, y'all. Peace.